I'm Stephen Aquario, the Executive Director of the New York State Association of Counties, and I'm here again with my friend and partner, three plus one founder, co-founder, president, my friend, Joseph Rulson. Joe, good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you? It's nice to see you again. Thank you very much. We're here, of course, to hear from Joe about his 2024 Top 10 Economic Financial Outlook. I would say, Joe, we did this last year, my friend, and we were pretty darn close. It wasn't we, it was you. You were pretty darn close in some of your predictions that you outlined uh, at this time in 2022, uh, December of 22. Let's talk for a minute about what you said back in 22 and what happened in 2023. How close were you in that crystal ball? Well, I think, Steve, uh, first of all, thank you and love our relationship with the New York State Association of Counties and all those counties that we're working with on behalf of 3 Plus 1. And, you know, as we look out towards uh, 24, it's always great to look in retrospect. And just like you're saying, I can't believe we're here already from uh, last year in which I was uh, sort of against the wave of what the the overall thinking was. First, um, I think people saw that interest rates were moving up, but I felt they're going to move more drastically than they did, and and we were correct in that. Having gone from what was almost uh, just about one percent up to two uh, percent, then next thing you know, we're up to five and a quarter, five and a half by this time of this year. And at the same point last year, um, there was a lot of talk of there being a recession, and I just did not see a recession occurring. The recession did not. I felt that there would be some erratic uh, behavior with the GDP in terms of uh, the overall economy of some, you know, spurts of, of growth. And we've seen exactly that, especially the last quarter where we saw uh, GDP up almost 5.2% and uh, very strong, which I think surprised a lot of individuals. At the same point, there was a belief that there was going to be a softening of retail sales. I didn't see it, and I didn't believe that was going to happen, and it didn't happen. And at the same point, felt that inflation would still be um, a concern, and that is um, the idea of uh, being at a 2% level is one that um, I just did not think was realistic at the point. I still continue to believe that's the case. So it, it created, I think, um, a year in which uh, we believe that 2023 was going to be a year of cash, where every dollar was going to be seen as a revenue generating asset. And it's been exactly that, Steve. Those individuals that had uh, taken and put all their cash to work given that this was the highest level ever of cash for public entities and for counties throughout New York. Um, those that managed it really well did extremely well. They were able to build up the reserves, they're able to uh, meet any kind of budget gaps or offset the inflation. They're able to um, take ARPA funds and put that money to work while they still have it and while they're uh, still waiting to put it to work. And knowing that every single one of those dollars can go back to the county for, for purposes. And so as you see that, we continue to believe that theme is going to carry forward. And But 23 gave us a, a was very rewarding uh, in terms of outlook. And I'm hoping for 23. 24, a little bit more confusing, but I'm hoping that I can get some good guidance for 24 as well. We're talking with Joseph Rulison, the CEO of 3plus1. Four years ago, the Association of Counties partnered with 3plus1, a Monroe County-based Monroe County-based firm uh, right here in our state, 3plus1, 
has a one-of-a-kind patented product called Cash Vest. Cash Vest is used to analyze a municipality's cash position at any given point and presents options for how to invest the maximum available assets to earn the maximum available interest on the public's money. Very important service. Very proud of our partnership with Cash Vest. We're here talking with Joe Rulson about economic forecasting. Economic forecasting is the process of attempting to predict the future condition of our economy, the state of New York's economy, the economy of the counties, municipalities, very important. Uses a lot of important and widely followed indicators like the Federal Reserve and other measures in our economy, including consumer confidence and things of that nature. Joe's here to talk with us about some of his top 10 outlook positions for the year 2024. So let's get right to it, Joe. Turn it right over to you. Let's go through some of your early predictions. I will. And thank you, Stephen. I think part of it to explain where um, I'm coming from, at uh, 3 plus 1, we are pure data. Um, we don't manage any money. We just look at the data points and show where cash is and how long that cash could be put to work for and, and to do benchmarking. My overall outlook that I continue to use is really having learned from the time I started in the business back in 1980 was sort of following uh, the footsteps of Peter Lynch, who was, I think, one of the best investors ever and had uh, formed the iconic Magellan Fund for Fidelity. And uh, Peter Lynch's belief was, don't listen to the pundits, go out into Main Street and see what's actually going on. And uh, I remember hearing a story where he was mentioning that he was home and his daughter came home with a pair of Levi's. And at that point, Levi's was, you know, had no idea what they were, just a pair of jeans. Then he saw her girlfriends coming off the head Levi's. He went out to the mall, saw that the people were buying Levi's. He said, there's a trend going on here. And he went and bought the stock and did extremely, extremely well. Same thing with Coca-Cola and other type of products. You really good at, get a good feel of Main Street, especially when you have such confusion out in the marketplace. You're getting many different opinions. You can't really get an opinion from the Federal Reserve. One minute they say they're tightening, the next minute they're saying, well, we may ease up. There has not been a very disciplined approach of communication and the same thing out of Washington that we've seen. So therefore I find going and just watching those individuals that are actually on Main Street, that are doing the purchasing, that are doing um, the uh, patterns that we see in everyday economics is what I follow. And I have to tell you, it, it really does work. Um, over the year I go and my wife loves to shop. And so she'll take me to a mall and she'll just tell me, you sit there, don't do anything else, just sit there. And what I do is I just look around and I look to see what purchases are being made. And I was out there last year saying that I was seeing individuals that were going from uh, where they'd gone to the Walmarts, had gone to Target, had gone to Home Depot during COVID, were starting to use their dollars, but going to more upscale retail. And I said, retails are going to actually continue to be stronger. And so many of the pundits were saying we're going to have really lousy uh, holiday season this year, going from 23 into 24. And I said, I don't believe it. I'm still out there looking. I'm seeing major buying. 
And as a result, the retail sales have come in stronger than what people had thought. At the same side, I'm out talking to employers. I hear about the labor market, labor market stronger than we had anticipated. And over almost a third of the new jobs being brought on by government. And so I'm seeing these indicators that are uh, giving me the, the overall thought that 24, while there's going to be some confusion from those that are in charge, I do believe that you're going to uh, see every dollar still worth a dollar five or more. And I believe the interest rates are going to stay higher. They have to stay higher, given that there is growth, that there is pressures that's going to continue to push on inflation. And therefore, every single dollar you have is like pulling a dollar out of your pocket and having an extra five cents. Well, just magnify that by 100,000 or a million, 10 million, 100 million. That can have major impact in terms of um, one's budget. And you have to constantly think of that. Not one penny should be uninvested. Every single dollar should be put to work. And you should anticipate in your budget that every dollar that's not used is earning at least 5% or more. If not, you've really got to take a look and see what the options are and talk to your financial providers in terms of what that is. I don't believe we're going to be in a recession in 2023 into 2024. I think the same theme is existing. I think that there's still a lot of money, Steve, to be spent. Um, the ARPA money has, most of the ARPA money still has not been spent. The infrastructure, the trillions of dollars that are being put out for projects, uh, whether it be on the roads, whether it be the waters or uh, other sources, has yet to be spent. That money is still being planned and is just now starting to hit. And at the same point, you're seeing a lot of manufacturing occurring that's going to continue to build. We're seeing it right in Syracuse with Micron. And we're seeing it in other parts of the country, such as uh, down in Kentucky, we're seeing a huge amount of building, as well as um, other parts like with Ohio. So you're seeing manufacturing occurring. There's going to be huge infrastructure build that I think is going to keep the economy still uh, pushing right along. I do think that you have seen uh, labor prices continue to rise. One of my concerns is, is that you have um, seen where unions have negotiated very much higher uh, wages than one would anticipate. And so the uh, wages that you're seeing out there are averaging about 5.2% or more. So that is pressure that's going to continue to trickle on down into uh, what is going to make up that inflation number. I will say that we will probably see greater demands by unions um, over the course of uh, 2024 because of the successes they've had with autos, successes they've had in healthcare and in other areas so that you should be aware of that. I think that on the other part, we still have where um, green energy is still going to be a big push. I, my concern is, is the wish list is so big, the economic reality has not caught up yet. And in the state of New York, the uh, lowest budget number I've heard to do what the governor wants to take and do all of these kind of um, uh, new type of green energy policies and uh, overhaul is over $3 trillion to bring the state up to where they want to be by 2050. That's 15 times the state's annual budget. I just don't think it's realistic. And therefore, I think we're going to have to look at, come to bear with the realities of how are we going to actually improve, you know, green policies, but also have a realistic approach and maybe a hybrid approach that would help on that side with it. 
I think that the community colleges are starting to see a turnaround, which I'm real pleased with. You're starting to see where the enrollment from the community colleges are is starting to creep back up, having had some double digit declines over several years. So, and that's mainly due to um, the uh, trades and also technical assistance. Uh, those areas are becoming very hot again and the community colleges are benefiting from it. The one area that's gonna have some uh, tough roads ahead is gonna be the four-year uh, higher ed institutions. 2025, 26, there's an automatic 10% decline in the student bodies because in uh, the financial crisis of 2008, 2009, uh, millennials did not have babies, they, they held off. And now we're seeing a surge of babies. <laughs> we're seeing a lot of babies right now. But what that means is that the college-bound students are going to, uh, it's going to be a smaller group to pick from. Colleges are going to be more, um, have to be more competitive. And at the same point, um, they're going to have to look to figure out how we're going to make up for that gap. Either you'll see a consolidation within the four years. My one belief is, is that um, labor retention and labor um shortages for public entities is severe. That's one of the biggest issues you have out there right now. And one of the uh, fixes that is a win-win for public entities, a win-win for the community colleges and four-year colleges is to start looking at two segments. One, public entities should be in talking to freshmen in high school from day one. Start talking to them about a career in public service. That's a great place to be and a great place to serve. Millennials and Generation Z do not have a great passion for, for public service, and we need to change that mindset. Number two, the one segment of population that is experienced, that wants to work, that continues to want to advance on, are those between the ages of 55 and 75, those wanting to create a new career. And if the community colleges and four-year colleges can offer certifications to these individuals and get them to consider public service. You have somebody at the age of 55 that starts in public service. They've got a good 15, 20 years ahead of them given where age uh, span is going now. So there's a, that's a very exciting segment that I keep pushing that I think is a new segment to uh, consider. The one thing I'll tell you, Steve, that is uh, my two guarantees for 2024, and that is one, 2024 is going to be the most unpredictable year of outcomes in modern times. And number two, cash is going to continue to be king. And it is going to be an unbelievable revenue generating asset that everybody should make sure they're embracing, make sure not one penny is staying on the sidelines, but is working because all that money earned goes right back to those that you're serving. But I think I'm excited about 24. As unpredictable as it might be, and as confusing as some of the messaging might be uh, from the Fed and from government um, in Washington, I think that we have excitement in the sense of where we're going, what this could re result for, and uh, put us in a good position of looking forward to 25. But I do think it's gonna be a much healthier year than anticipated, and uh, I'm excited about that, Steve. We're talking with Joseph Wilson, the CEO, co-founder of 3 Plus One, my friend and interest rate predictor, a prognosticator, if you will. Uh, Joe Rulison is spending his time here in late December going over his predictions for the coming year. This is the third year in a row that we have done this economic market 
podcast with Joe where he has predicted that interest rates would be going up. You did that in 2022. They, in fact, did go up, uh, almost approaching 6%. You've been right on the mark in your past predictions. We're very pleased that you've joined us again this year to talk about 2024. You know, Joe, a lot of time economic forecasters have a history of neglecting uh, to foresee a crisis. Uh, and so the fact that you have flagged 2024 as a potential year of unpredictability, I think is very, very smart, uh, very sound advice to our listeners. You've mentioned four-year colleges. Uh, you've mentioned uh, green energy initiatives and how they'll play a role in the New York economy. Inflation, still a concern for you. Every dollar having a dollar and a dollar five um, in the second half of 2024, you're predicting strong money coming into the economy through federal infrastructure funds and ARPA funds. Uh, what about regional banks? Uh, and what about rating agencies? Your thoughts on those two uh, issues as you go into 2024? Great point, Steve. I think one of the big um, surprises in 23 was in March of 23 when we had... Um, the, uh, the bank issue from uh, Silicon Valley to Signature to E-Republic. These banks out of the blue that just automatically became insolvent and had to be rescued. And uh, I do give credit to the Treasury and to the Fed of how they handled that to secure odd deposits. The great thing is any bank deposits are in New York are collateralized, so it's the safest of all dollars. But um, you're going to find as a result of that, two things. The Fed's going to get, um, banking regulators are going to be very tough on the banks, especially with the regional banks, since they were ones showing some stresses. So you'll show that, they, that they're going to probably do some consolidation there. And at the same point, you'll see where they will look for efficiencies and they'll look for really trying to continue to up the balance sheet quality. Rating agencies are going to have to be much tougher. Again, um, the rating agencies uh, probably were caught by surprise with Sovereign and uh, by Signature. And therefore, I think they're going to uh, continue to be very tough on looking at the banks. But they're also going to make sure how well are public entities uh, handling the liquidity. They've got a great asset right now. Now that you've got the cash, how are you handling it? How are you managing that liquidity? And how are you going to pay for things going down the road? The rating agencies have put over 10%, I think it's 10% of their rating quality right now is on um, liquidity management. So that's something important to keep uh, a, a close watch on. So they'll continue to monitor the liquidity. It'll become a greater, greater hot point um, going forward. And uh, at the same point, I think you're going to find where the commercial banks, the large banks are going to continue to try to offer as more and more services, especially technology for public entities. And I think the local banks will continue to team up with regionals and figure out how they can really support one another so they can compete and be very solid uh, financial institutions. I appreciate it very much, uh, Joe, your comments on those two issue areas. And I do appreciate you mentioning this issue of retention and acquisition of new talent into uh, the public sector, into county government. Uh, really appreciate that with more and more people choosing uh, to change careers or not to come into local government. Very important. In fact, I've talked to my friend Ian Coyle at Pracademic Partners, 
a recruiting firm. And we've talked about this quite a bit about the challenges, the shortfalls and trying to find uh, public health officials or uh, county health officials to come in and work in, in local government or county administrators to come work into this uh, field. So thank you for mentioning that as well. Last thing before we let you go is to talk about this word liquidity. I think you've used that word several times in your commentary today. Why is that important? Why is liquidity important to a county finance official or an elected uh, a treasurer? Why is liquidity, cash liquidity important and how is it relevant to investment earnings? Uh, you know, great point with it, Stephen. I think uh, I relate back to um, Bill Cherry, who was the past president of uh, NYSEC. County, 25 year treasurer, Schoharie County. And um, Bill explains, you know, the difference between cash flow and liquidity are, are two different worlds. You've got where, let's say you're in a, a bed of water and um, you have the, the waves that you see, the very top. And uh, that is what your cash flow is, the ebbs and flows of the dollars you can see and that you can plan on. And it gives you some pretty good consistency of what to expect. Liquidity is what's below the surface. It's really down there. Things that you're trying to figure out, are they there or not? Now, for me, I relate it as to going fishing and I have to have a GPS that tells me where the fish are. And it allows me to see where the pockets of different uh, fish are and where the big ones are and where the small ones are. And it gives you a much better ability to plan and to see, is there something I should also be aware of? There, there may be a shoal or there may be something I didn't see that I could not see above the surface. And therefore that liquidity gives you the ability to see all the little intricacies that evolve your day-to-day -day, um, needs for having cash and day-to-day -day needs, whether it be seven days from now, six months from now, five years from now. And one thing I'll tell you, Steve, is that knowing what your time duration of all cash and knowing that liquidity, especially where rates are right now, I believe rates will still tick up a bit. I'm against the wave. Believe me, everybody thinks rates are going down. I do not believe that is the case. But what you want to do is start using that time horizon, start pushing some of your money out to take advantage of the one, two, three years so that when rates do come down, you're going to be able to preserve that income for the long term. And that's by the liquidity, is by looking at the data, looking at those points that you can be able to predict what's going to be happening uh, today, what's going to be happening down the road, and using it to your advantage so you're preserving that income for your budget to offset the inflation, offset other things you may not expect, but to know that every dollar that you earn comes right back um, to uh, the taxpayers. And as we say, with every dollar earned uh, by three plus one, and by the end of this year, we would have brought $2 billion back to our clients that would never have been realized. That's $2 billion less the clients had to go out and raise taxes to pay for public services. That's huge. And it's again, putting the emphasis and as a treasurer of a water authority, my belief is I have to constantly look at the ratepayer and what can we do to ease that burden. Using liquidity, knowing that you can use it with these kind of rates, knowing that you can capture rates that allow you to ease some of that burden is extremely helpful. And uh, so I think that's why it's so important, why it is always top of mind to us, Steve. We've been joined by Joe Rulson 
2024 top 10 economic outlook three plus one cash fest joe thanks for everything we'll see you again this year uh, this time next year sounds great Steve. it's gonna be a great 24 so look forward to it and thank you we look forward to working with you with a, a great year coming up happy new year to you joe and to all of our county officials happy new year Thanks for listening to this episode of NYSAC's County Conversations podcast. Keep tuning in for more county government-focused conversations, and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.